What's up? Welcome to another episode of the Writing Sorrows Podcast. I'm your host, Vash. Uh, this is episode 11. Yeah, it's episode 11. So, quick housekeeping, quick housekeeping. So, uh, last week was a departure from what we normally would be talking about. This week is going to be more of the same. Uh, next week should be back on the same page, kind of, sort of. I'm, I'm not really sure. I say I like to say is that, uh, over the past three months, I've more or less been creating content with this podcast, talking about, uh, past projects, experiences with other artists, all those type of things. So going forward, next week is going to be the season finale, maybe possibly the series finale of this podcast as it's in its current form. Because uh, Writing Sorrows is more or less just my story, my take on things as far as my poetry and everything. Going forward, I have no idea what this podcast is going to turn into. I'll figure that out once the book is out and all that other good stuff. But that's later. That's not this week. I'll keep you guys posted. I'll keep you guys in the loop. But for this week, we got a special guest in the house today. My brother Darius is here today, and we're just going to cool out, man. We're just going to cool out, talk about whatever. Uh, so, without further ado, Darius, want to introduce yourself? What's the word? What's the word? Thanks for having me here. The Writing Time Wolves podcast. I appreciate it. Let's get into it. All right, cool. So, hot topic. Which is should be the only damn topic that we're talking about right now. Voting. How you feel about it? Ooh. I've never voted in my life. And I know some people are gonna hate me for that or be like, Oh, I know you ain't gonna speak about voting and you ain't never voted, but hey, I voted one time in the seventh grade in a John Kerry and George <laughs> Bush election and I figured out my vote don't count. <laughs> when I figured that out, I just stopped voting. Oh yeah, that was it. Word. I feel that. Um, I I used to feel that way about our vote not matter, but with all of the shady stuff that one side or the other does, if our vote didn't matter, they wouldn't do half the annex that they do. So, right. I, so I think that our vote matters in some aspect. I can kind of agree with that, but let me ask you a question. So you do vote. So did you vote in the Trump and Hillary Clinton election? I did. Who did you vote for? Even though that's not politically correct to ask somebody, who did you vote for? I voted for Hillary. You voted for the one that thinks we're sexual predators. That's what's up. I Listen, man. I, <laughs> I had to choose one of the lesser evils, okay? Like, I really wasn't a fan of Hillary. If Bernie was still in the running, I would have voted for Bernie. I would have went out campaigning door to door, all that good stuff for Bernie. Because I believe in a lot of what he's saying. Um, but it's just like now, like I'm not even a hundred percent with Biden, but we can't have four more years of Trump, man. We've, we've had four years and those four years we've learned a lot, not only about Trump, but by ourselves in this country. Of who your neighbor is, who your friends are and their political 
things. It's opened up a lot of conversations because when Trump was elected president, I said to myself, he's not the president that we want, but he's the president that we need. And what I meant by that is because you got to explain that. What I'm exactly what I meant by that is we when Obama was president, we didn't have nearly any of these discussions that we're having now or that we did have. Right. right. When Trump was saying grab him by the pussy and all of this other stuff. Right. There was conversations that along with the Harvey Weinstein and all the other stuff led to Me Too movements for us to have conversations for there to be more awareness for a bunch of things. You know, we didn't have that with Obama. We didn't have that with, who was the president of Obama? Bush? We didn't have that with Bush. So I feel like we needed to have these conversations. The only way we was going to have these conversations and move forward in that aspect is if we had a necessary evil. Real quick, are you monitoring? No, I'm not monitoring. Oh, that's why you can say what you can say. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just having to be sure. I'm just having to be no, sure. I'm like, it's, no, man. It's, what? It's, I, that's how I feel. Now, I'm not saying that that's right. It's just that I feel as though it's just like any type of movie which you've seen where there's been like an alien invasion or something. Right. And aliens are killing everybody. And then you look to your left and you, then you look to your right and you be like, yeah, you might be a clan member, but right now that alien's gonna kill both of us. So how about we kill him and then we'll decide what we're gonna do with each other? Like it's it he's a necessary evil for the period of time that he was in office. I I I feel you on that. I mean I ain't got no right to really speak on the vote and I expect considering that I like do not vote. I just didn't I I don't know, like I don't know, man. I be watching The Simpsons, bro, and that predictive program. <laughs> I just figured he was gonna win. I just figured I'm like, if The Simpsons said it, he gonna win. Like I, no, like I, I figured that he was going to win just because a lot of people wanted something different. Um, uh, Hillary was a politician, so she did what every politician before her has done. You know what I'm saying? Like pandered she run her camp. Yeah, she she did that. She pandered to the public, pandered to the voters. Hot sauce in my bag. She did all of these things. This cringy. She put hot sauce in my bag. Like she did all this cringy shit that none of us cared about. Right? We just wanted to know her policies, and that's it. Just stay true to yourself. Don't pander to me. I don't. I don't need that for you to get my vote. I really don't. That's that energy you get from that mother-in-law. That's all right, never mind. I'm just saying, like, like I got black friends. Like, that's that kind of energy. You yeah. carry hot sauce in your bag. Like, yeah, no, exactly. And Trump, okay. Trump was something different. Like right. I said, I voted for Hillary, but Trump was something different that a lot of people wanted. People were like, yo, he's sounding like it is. He's being blunt. Like, he's not holding his words. Like, we need this. This is what we need in America. And then, I want to say a year or two after... He was in office. A lot of people that voted for him was like, yeah, I made a mistake. And I'm like, oh, yeah, really? You think? You think you made a mistake? Because I, I remember when he started, like, deporting people or putting people in holding and everything else. And one of the people that voted for him wound up having his family ripped apart because of Trump putting that policy in. And he had voted for him in the last election. 
And I'm just like, well, isn't this just karma? Like, that goes to show you where your heart at. But, like, I mean, like, I wasn't really surprised by none of the stuff that went on in office. Considering, like, if you ever seen him when he had that show, The Apprentice, I mean, he was a little, he was, I mean, I don't know, I don't want to say to nobody, so I'm just going to say, he was a little rough around the edges, like, he was a little jaded, like, even on The Apprentice, so, like, when they were saying all that stuff about him, when all of it came out, I'm like, I'm, like, really not surprised, like, if you ever seen The Apprentice, you know, like, he was bugging, like, he been bugging, like, but, I mean, I feel like, what what's the saying goes like a country picks its its king like basically that's the guy we elected because that's the state like like the king shows where the heart of the country is like so when like not to say that he our king but he's our president but that goes to show where America is as a whole maybe not everybody right but where America is as a whole like that's that's the state of the heart of the people who are the majority. You know what I'm saying? Voters who actually got him in office. That's the state of their heart. And, like, you can see it. Yeah. No. I mean, like I said, like, he's a necessary, he was a necessary evil just for a few things. It's like, if we had a Democrat as president right now, a lot of what, a lot of the conversations that we're having, we probably wouldn't have. You know what I'm saying? Like, it exposed a lot of people for their beliefs and their ignorance. Like, with people blindly follow... I mean, but in it, I guess in politics in general, you still have people that blindly will follow you regardless of what you do. Because that's just how some people are... are they, they just do that. But, you know, just with Trump being president and giving him excuse after excuse, no matter what crazy thing comes out of his mouth or what he does... It's just all inspiring to see these people just telling themselves. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to say about that, man. Like, yeah, I got to pass on that. I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> all I can really say is, honestly, I, I, like I said, I ain't got no, no, no leg to stand on in this race. But to me personally, it was like, you're not going to make me vote for the reality TV stuff as president. That's what you're not going to do. This is not, he is not Reagan. No, no, you will not make me vote for the second Reagan. And also you're not going to make me vote in my own, against my own, what's the word I want to say? My own interest by voting for Hillary because she's just the lesser of two evils. Right. But they, they say silence is complicitness. So, I mean, I can't really like, like, I hate to be that guy, but I can't say anything, but I just feel fine on that. It's like, why I got to vote if you're going to make me to chop off my foot or shoot off my foot? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to have to pick, bro. Like, I don't even like them. Let me, like, like I would have went for Bernie. Like, everybody else who wanted, that's the people's chance. That's who we wanted. Mm-hmm. We, we wanted Bernie. But I don't know how that actually went, but maybe that's because I didn't vote in the primaries neither. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, from but, what, I, well, people like me, let me say. From what I understood, and this has happened twice now with Bernie, is that the party didn't want him. That's that's essentially what happened. From what I know, from what I understand. And listen, this, this isn't a podcast where we got all of our facts straight, okay? So, yeah, take that for what you will. But from what I've heard, that's 
what happened. Um, because he definitely had the popularity. How Biden slid in and just became the guy, I, I don't know. Um, and then he, once it was official that he was going to be the person running against Trump, then he picked his running mate, which is Kamala Harris. And then there's a bunch of, I, it's a bunch of, well, we don't know if we really like her like that either because she put a lot of black people in jail, um, from where she was from, from when she was representing, I think she was representing California or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, like, I say all that to say it and ask you this. Are you voting this time? Undecided yet? See, you asking me that, but you should really be asking if they gonna arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. Cause that's probably where that answer lies, which is more likely a no. Like, you just, I, no, like, probably not, like, and not because I'm just, like, a rebel without a cause or nothing like that, it's, it's not that, it's just, I don't even like Biden, he just hung out with Obama for a couple of years, that's all I know about him, and right. then, you know, the slander comes once the campaign comes out, so, hey, oh, Biden this, oh, Biden that, and plus, I can't, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, I like guns, I can't be supporting nobody that's against the Second Amendment, like, bro, like, I don't know what your plan is after that. So, uh, okay, you feel like guns are responsible for most of that. Are you going to de-arm the police? Is you going to de-arm the citizens with them? No. So you're going to de-arm the citizens and keep the police armed? Okay, I would much rather have my gun than be without it than to be an unarmed civilian amongst the other millions with what, 500,000 police officers in the force? That's just a guesstimate. I know that ain't accurate, but it's just a guesstimate. I just don't like them kind of odds. Like, I don't like them kind of odds. Did you see what happened? Did you hear what happened like a couple months ago in Canada? Like, Canada got one of the strictest gun laws ever, bro. Like, that's what they voted in the place. And for so far, it's worked for them. But then some guy dressed as a cop went on a rampage, knocked on a bunch of doors, and killed a bunch of people. But these people, they're under the most strict gun laws there is. I did not. I don't like that. Like, once you get to talking that, oh, we're going to take away all the guns, You, I kind of start to withhold my vote. And I think that's something we should do to buck the system. Like, yo, like, we're going to withhold our We ain't voting this time. We don't like the candidates y'all picking for us. Okay, so with that, two things. One, why did you not do more research? Oh, I'm lazy. I ain't even gonna catch okay. I'm not even gonna catch So we got that out the way. All right. So, so two, right? So when you go to vote, there's more than just Republican and Democrat. There are other, uh, parties, organizations, or whatnot that are running. But for as long as I can remember, the only thing that mattered or the only thing that was popular was Republican and Democrat. So I get what you're saying. I'm not saying that you're wrong with how you think and how your opinions are. 
my thing is if we really want a change that benefits us all, then we don't necessarily need to vote Republican or Democrat. We can vote somebody else. And when I say somebody else, I'm not, not Kanye. We're not talking about Kanye. Nope. I'm not saying Kanye. I know. I thought that's what he was going to say. No, no, no. I was just saying we can vote black. I ain't saying Kanye. Listen, man. No. I'm just saying. I like Kanye. But nah, now there's no president. Because like there are other parties and whatnot on the ballot. And I feel like if there was ever a time for us to make a change, then we should do that. But I think at this point in time, we just too stuck in our ways and moving from a two party system just ain't going to be feasible because everybody's just stuck on it being just Republican and Democrat. Well, I don't think everybody's stuck on it. I just think like when that's all that's suddenly in your face, how many libertarian commercials have you seen? Son. If we gonna get into commercials and advertisements, that's not. That's not. I'm not trying to take it. That I'm just saying when you when you when you see the commercial, it'd be like vote vote Republican. Donald Trump has done this, and Mm -hmm. he's done that, and he shakes hands with black people and kiss black babies, and that's what you see. And then you see, oh, don't vote for Joe Biden. He's against the Second Amendment. He gonna kill your kids, hides wives, hides hooks. Like they, that's how they do it. Like you don't get the, you feel me? Like you don't get the, you don't see libertarians, those who I, don't wish to have either party. They know, just, I, they just want to be left alone. I they, think, I think when it comes to that, I'm not, I, and I don't have any facts to back this. This is just based off my opinion. I don't know if they have the kind of backing or funding to do commercials and advertisement like Republicans and Democrats. Let me tell you something. Every couple of damn days, I get some text messages from the Democrats. What? Son, I don't know how they got my number. You voted. (laughs) But they send me this shit and I'm just like, leave me alone. Like, I'm voting already. Making sure we got that vote. Son, you don't need to do this. It's okay. It's either I vote for somebody that graduated from being a shitty human being to Satan or somebody that possibly could be fucking Satan. Look at this shit. I literally have a fucking... look Look at this email right now. I literally have a fucking email that just came in from Donald Trump Jr. I didn't vote Republican. How do they have... See, this is what I'm saying. Like, this... Because it's a system, bro. bro, I am tired of this. Like, I'm being harassed for a vote. (laughs) This is why I say I vote, but I vote matters to a certain extent. It it has to, because ain't no way in hell they're doing all of this for nothing. Like, that's wasting money. Right. They want to make sure you want that stimulus check. (laughs) Stimulus check. We ain't getting no damn stimulus check. Bro, listen. They're like, look, you want the stimulus check or not? Listen, man, because I remember we were supposed to get a stimulus check over the summer. That didn't work out because Republicans and Democrats couldn't come together for something. And then Trump came out and said, oh, what's the Democrats holding it up? And then it turned to, oh, well, we're not going to worry about no stimulus thing until after I'm elect- reelected as president. And I'm just like, word? So we've been held hostage? Which is, which is lawless. I guess if he can do that, I mean, I don't know if he can actually do that. Son, Trump can go on national TV and say, 
I hope all of my niggas are having a good day today. And he will still be fine. I'm just saying, like, I don't know if that's, if it's legal, it's legal. I mean, you can't get mad because he, like, ain't coming off the couch. That's what, sue. Son, that's, that's what drug dealers do. What you mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's what they do. They, like, sue, we gonna hold the product till you come up off of it. Like, if you ain't gonna call me, I ain't gonna bring it to you. Like, that's, like, he, like, he, I don't want to call him a thug. But, I mean, he just one of them guys in office. He like, man, like, if y'all don't vote for me, I ain't giving y'all nothing. Did Biden come back and say, like, even if Donald Trump don't give it to y'all, I'm going to give it to y'all uh, after I'm inaugurated? That's another thing, too. Like, if if Biden wins, we not going to have him in office until January. Who thought of that rule? Why do we have that? I need to research that. I don't understand why we need the president to stay in the office for another three to four months after the election. So that's how it is when you're moving. You know, you got to pack your stuff up. That takes a little time. Son, he might be in debt, but he still got money. He can hire people to move his stuff out the damn White House. And I'm pretty sure the White House comes pre-furnished already. I tried. That's a good explanation. No. <laughs> Listen, we're going to get off of this because I'm tired of talking about Trump. Um, so, Funny story, right? Mm-hmm. So I was on the train, and this couple got on, normal couple, um, but they were interracial couple, mm-hmm. and a group of black girls came on. It had to be like three or four of them, mm-hmm. and they saw the couple. They didn't say anything to the couple, but since I was sitting next to the group of girls, I heard all of their conversation. So their conversation was basically shaming the black man for dating outside of his race. Word. Timeless. Which, okay, so we just getting right to it. So, <laughs> so, so no, it's cool. So... How do you? What's your views on interracial dating? I don't care what you do. I don't care what. I don't care what nobody do. That ain't got nothing to do with me. If you want to marry a goldfish, man, that's on you. That ain't got nothing to do with me, bro. Like you ever seen them like weird? I forgot. It was a show. It was like a guy that like was in a relationship with his car, and you know people was bugged by it. But I mean, for one, that was a nice Ford Mustang. I think it was a Ford Mustang. It was nice, but I wouldn't be in a relationship with it. But it was like, word, like, man, if that's what floats your boat, bro, like, that's what floats your boat. I mean, I don't see the point of getting upset about it. I, 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 I'm not even going to say I understand it. I just know that I've heard an explanation. And I'm only going to say this for a woman of color or a black woman specifically, because I haven't had this conversation with anybody else outside of that race. So. Listen, man, it's okay. All right, all right, it's all right. So, from what I was told, is that they feel disrespected when they do that. When because I guess historically, black men get uh, financially stable, on and popping or whatnot, whether it's celebrity or non-celebrity, and then they go get a white woman. Mm-hmm. 
or a woman is any type of other color that's not black. Put it like that to just generalize it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever reason, and they feel disrespected by that. Now, when I asked why, they said because typically when a black man does that, he puts down a black woman saying, oh, well, I'm going with another race because I don't want to deal with attitude. I don't want to deal with the nagging. I don't want to do with this, 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 that, and the third. Mm-hmm. You know, the stereotypes that black women deal with. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's fair. I I get that. But then I brought up to play devil's advocate. It's like, all right, well, what if they just met and they dated and they didn't say anything bad about black women? It just so happened that, you know, white girls, there, sparks flew. They're not in together. Who are really going to answer for that? Because then, because then it becomes personal. Like then, it, well, I don't know if you can call it personal or interpersonal, but basically, I don't, I don't know what you call it. But basically, it ain't none of your business at that point. Because I mean, people have their own opinions, but once they find out what how something happens and it's 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 opposite to what they were trained that it is, the stereotypes that they was pushed on them, like why, like oh. I gotta, I ain't wanna be with a black woman because I ain't wanna be nagged to death. Once they figure out it's not that, typically anybody in any situation would like just, I don't know, not care no more. Like, so I, it's when you know a person, like generally you got a close minded idea about the relationship if you see a person and speak on them being in an interracial relationship. Like, then you gotta, I'm not saying everybody needs to intermingle. I don't know. I don't typically care. Wakanda forever for me. But that's just me. You know what I'm saying? And that ain't got nothing to do with, oh, I don't like white women or they, none of the stereotypes that go with it. That's just my personal preference. Like, yeah. my, purple, my personal preference and is, is the black of the berry. And that's how I roll. But it don't matter if you like Korean or, Chinese or white or it don't it don't typically matter because it well it shouldn't matter. Let me say that it right. shouldn't it matter. shouldn't matter because like and not even to put all of this on black women because that's just a small portion. And obviously, we know that all black women or women of color don't think that way, right? Right. Um, but with everything going on with the racial tension and everything. Black people specifically, not all, but some feel as though interracial dating is bad, it's diluting us. How? Son, I don't know. I'm not saying. Look, look, don't get me wrong. I like if that's if whatever came across my path, if the sparks flew and that's who I'm meant to be with, I I, I don't care if. She lived segregated on an island for 25 years, 26 years of her life, away from any culture. And she don't really have one, but she just so happens to be fair-skinned or olive or white or 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 black as night. Hey, if that's who I'm meant to be with, why you care? Why does right. the typical other person care? Like, I, I've never understood. I, I never understood that either. I think, I think it's because... 
we're so wired to just care about what the hell other people are doing. And I'm not saying everybody is wired this way, but a lot of us are. Because when, put it like this, right? So, uh, Cardi B and Offset, they divorced like last month or earlier this month. One of them too. Right. And then her birthday was last week and they got back together. And everybody named Mama had an opinion and was saying that she shouldn't take him back, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I was sitting there and I was looking at that. I was just like, why do y'all care so much? Why are y'all invested in this? Like, it's y'all relationship. Then on top of that, y'all don't even know the whole story. Y'all know what they want y'all to know. And then y'all have y'all assumptions about what the hell is going on. Either way, it ain't nobody's business but theirs. You know what I'm saying? I just think that we just have an unhealthy uh, mm-hmm. obsession with wanting to be included in everybody's else's business. But on the flip side of that, when people start getting into our business, it's like, yeah, no, stay in your own lane. Okay, quick question. We as a people, we as a culture, we as a country, which we are we talking That's about? That's a good question. I want to say we as in general. I'm opening it up past black. I'm, I'm opening it up past interracial type shit. Like, I think in general. I think the country of America typically has a problem. Well, most countries do, but I think in America is more prevalent of being judgmental. Like, True. not not to say that that's bad, but to to, I mean, I don't know. Like, because it's weird. Even when you speak about other people being judgmental, then you get in their business. So it get real sure. weird for me. That's true. But in general, if I had to have an opinion on the matter. I would say I think America's big problem is we judge like we 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 judge what is deemed right and wrong for everybody else. And it's something that's honestly you can see that in Donald Trump. Like I'm just <laughs> you a country picks his king. And it just shows why our says like we we so we so busy focusing on everybody else. Cause it's honestly between work and Eight hours or hustling on the block or being paranoid or, you know what I'm saying? Whatever it is you do, between all the hours of the day that you spend, the last thing you want to do at the end of working, putting your all in to, to earn a living for your family or to look nice or go out with friends, the last thing you want to do is go home and have to look at yourself. Mm. So that's a bar, son. I just think that that's just the the state that we're in. When you, when all you got, because think about it, nine times out of ten, depending on your workplace, when you at work, you doing mindless work. If you're doing warehouse work or something like that, typically it's mindless. Like, not to say that you don't need a brain to do it, but it, you can think about other stuff and still do your job. You know what I'm saying? So, like, when you do that, you, you can, you got to sit with yourself for them eight, 12, 14, 16 hours, but then once you leave that place and you get home and you're tired, your brain is hardwired when you get home to think about everything you got, to think about what's going on in your household, because that's your realm. And after people get home, they don't want... If you had to sit with yourself in silence, if your job was sitting in a room 
thinking about everything you want to think about at the end of the day. When you got home, what's the last thing you want to think about? Work. Work. And you being at work. It has to do with you. You being at work. You that's the last thing you gonna want to think about. So when people get home, they want to think about other stuff. They want to put their energy into other things, which I don't fault people for. Like that's just that's just what it is. But why we care so much as a country? Sure, it's the culture. It's entertainment. Entertainment requires you not to be selfish. <laughs> it requires you to have to think about Others more than you, or else you won't be entertained. Yeah, no, that's that's true. I don't know, man. Like, I just, I just wish people would focus more on what they got going on with themselves or their significant others, rather than getting into other people's business. Because that it's unnecessary man it's like it's 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 so damn unnecessary and then you gotta give it to them it like low-key and the worst parts of me it's kind of fun like i don't do it personally but i'm one of them ones that go to the comments bro i gotta see somebody crack a joke about it and get my laugh off like it's just the it's the horrible part of me i admit that but I got to go to them comments. I got to see what somebody finna say about it. And I got to get my laugh off. Somebody in there going to have a good one. Like, I literally said, I'm like, somebody going to have a good one. That's somebody going to have a good one for me. And I scroll until I find it. I laugh. And then I go about my business. Yeah, see, I typically tend just to... I, when I was younger, I used to, to give it energy. Like, I would comment... Not e not even comment on the status, but like maybe like make send a tweet or a couple of tweets out and stuff. I've gotten better with it, but like I used to give it energy. You know what I'm saying? Like yo, y'all should be doing this and y'all should be doing that. And then I really thought about it, and I thought about who the hell would be reading it, <laughs> and I realized that. I'm not anybody, so it'll just be only a few people, and then those few people probably wouldn't even care, so I'm just talking to myself in general, so it's just a waste of my damn time. So I should just go mind my own damn business, and just, you know what I'm saying? It's just a, like, cause it's a vicious cycle. It, it's a vicious cycle. <laughs> it's, it's a vicious cycle. Um, so, moving on from interracial dating and stuff. Since you are in, not you specifically, but it's going back to what we were talking about, about how people um, are so into other people's relationships and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Speaking of relationships in general or dating in general in 2020, son, it is messy out here. Black men don't cheat, bro. Get the fuck out of here. We're not doing that. We're not doing that here, son. Not on this podcast. We're not doing that. I'm just saying. Son, I, no. Listen. All right. When it was... When, listen. When some it was, black man cheat. We need to change it to some black man cheat. When it was a joke, I was like, this is funny. Until... It's not a joke anymore? Not to me. Oh. It, it, it stopped being a joke when somebody actually that did cheat and there was evidence and everything <laughs> he was like yeah no black men don't cheat i don't know what you're talking about and it's just like 
Oh, oh, y'all, y'all actually rolling with this, huh? Okay, all right, but, you know, like, I just, anyway, anyway, um, no, man, like, it's really crazy out here, because, like, I haven't been in the dating game in over a damn decade, but, like, how the hell do you move throughout this stuff? You asking me, like, I don't know, I don't think. Not for real. Dude, I look at Netflix at the crib. Like that lonely told me. Like, I don't know. Like I don't know. Like it's weird. I don't I don't understand today. I'm I'm not as young in the soul as I used to be, like. Yeah, like I'm I don't know. I would somebody needs to teach me. I feel like one of them grandpas they get a new phone and you gotta teach them how to <laughs> work Facebook. And they take the picture and they face be real close to it. <laughs> That's how I feel. Like I don't know, man. Like I just be looking at I think everybody is just afraid of being played. So everybody just plays games with each other and then get frustrated when they have to play games because they don't want to play games. I mean, you got a select few that's like real genuine and stuff like that about their intentions and, you know, from the get go and all this other stuff. But a lot of people, from what I see, just don't necessarily know what they want. But no, I'll play like this. Scratch all of that. You know what I hate the most? And I wrote a poem about this shit. I hate people to look at other people's relationships and say goals. Why? That pisses me the fuck. Because, I mean, I've never said it, but, like, I'm interested in understanding why it makes you mad. Like, I what? hate that because it's like... Maybe I've said it. Go on. You are only looking at the the so-called good side of whatever. Like... People look at pictures of couples and say, like, oh, yeah, I want that. This is goals. This is what a relationship should look like. Word. And it's like, you don't even know what that relationship looks like. You just, anybody and their mama can take a picture with each other. You can hug a random girl. You can kiss somebody. That don't make it a successful relationship. But for some odd reason... A lot of us associate a good, wholesome picture with that's what the relationship is. That's all that it is. And as a person that's been in a relationship for over 10 years now, it's got its peaks and valleys. It got its ups and downs. Like, and then on top of that, like, like I was telling you earlier, what works for one relationship don't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. I don't know, man. I like Okay, so my bad. My bad, Jack. But I was trying to find this video that I was watching earlier. It's this guy. He always posting his wife. And, like, they, they cool. And, like, they just did a podcast. I think it's called... I forgot what it's called. That would be a perfect plug if I actually knew them, but I don't know their names. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> and what the podcast called, but basically they was talking about their relationship and how people like actually 
be messaging and, you know, comments about goals and stuff like that and how people don't understand, like, exactly what it took and, like, the le- level of sacrifices they had to make to get to where they are. Yeah. And, like, and they married. So, like, I can only imagine if I wasn't married, like, what that would actually be like. Like, that would, that's, yeah, that's, that's a cold. Like, yeah. Like, I can't remember everything they were saying, like, how they broke it down, but it was dope. Like, it was something that I think a lot of people need to hear. I thought I saved it, but, like, I probably saved, like, over 300 videos, so, like, it's probably lost in the shuffle somewhere on my, on my Facebook, but if people run into it, I think they should definitely watch it, especially people who aspire to be in, like, long-term committed relationships. I mean, but the thing about it is, there is no one-way success route for a successful relationship because there's too many damn variables. It depends on who y'all are as people. It depends on what y'all want the relationship to be. Like, and like you said, like he was watching a podcast and a lot of sacrifice stuff. And like, that is hella true. Like I'm not married yet. So I can only imagine even the greater sacrifices and stuff that I got coming that I have to make. Imagine your sex life doing this, bro. Not just that. Imagine the communication doing this. Like, y'all can't even have fun no more, like, because y'all are so busy. Like, that's that's along the lines of what they were talking about. And you got to think about when it comes to sacrifice. I mean, Thanos made a... He made, that man made a super sacrifice. Uh-huh. And he got a ring out of it. I just, I just don't want that to go over you. <laughs> but... Like, basically, I think, like, people don't understand that sacrifice. They, people talk about that. People in business. People all over the, all over the world. Like, in all niches of life and, and, and walks of life. That's what they talk about. Sacrifices. 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 Yeah. And I think that's what makes relationship work. But I think, honestly, a lot of people see the, 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 the peaks. Or the, 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 they see the final result. And I'm not even necessarily talking about dating anymore. I'm just talking about in general. Like, you see the final result. It harks back to what I was talking about last week. People see the final result and stuff, and it's like, oh, that's what I want. That's the goal. That's what I want to be. Like, you see these tops of these mountains, and you're like, yeah, I want to climb that. Like, I want to get that. And then you get to the foot of the mountain and see how much work it takes to get there. And then it's like, yeah, no, this ain't what I thought that I wanted. Like, but this is goals. Like, you got us claw, scratch, and get scrapes and cut up and all this other stuff to get to that point. Like, there's no easy road to it, because if it was an easy road to it, everybody would have it. Man, this sounds like a Rocky Balboa motivation. <laughs> 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 yeah, we ready to go out there and commit to somebody like you. No, I'm joking. Um, but, I mean, you're right. Like, that's the thing. Like, this, every, every great has went through a muddy process. Like, any great person, any great ideologies is went through a, a muddy process and it had to be cultivated and grown like everything else on this planet. Everything has to be cultivated and grown. Dreams, food, plants, you know, everything has to be cultivated and made. So like it ain't no different with relationships. I don't know because I 
I've had like maybe two or three long standing relationships, but outside of that, I mean, it's just it, it's what makes sense. Like you got to be able to, you got to be able to put that work in, and you know, not quit when time gets hard. And I think that's a lot of what we go through with this cancel culture. A lot of people quit on people when times are hard. There's like little to no room for reconciliation because everybody's so afraid of being judged. Like that girl, you know, you ever heard of uh, this girl named, um, she a comedian. I forgot her name. I'm lying. I, I ain't forget her name. But she was just saying something about like having a relationship and you know, if she want to go back to the same person over and over again, you know, until she figure herself out, then that's what she want to do. And I think a lot of people are embarrassed to say that. Like, a lot of people are embarrassed to, you know what I'm saying, really be, you know, in a place where they just like, okay, I know people are going to look at me sideways for choosing this, but this is what I feel like is for my best interest. It's not... It's not normal to be original anymore. It's not normal. Like, everybody is so don't go against the grain instead of being a trailblazer. Like, you just don't go against the grain. This is how things are happening. Don't go against it. I mean, if you're a trailblazer, it's, man, actually, it's an age-old story. The black sheep gets pointed out, gets singled out. That's just what it is. Yeah. No, you touched on something with the cancel culture uh i particularly don't like it and i'm gonna tell you why so i had a friend right before her uh untimely passing real cool her dad back in his day when he was a teenager and whatnot he was a gangbanger uh Robbing, fighting, shooting at people, even put hands on his girl. Got locked up. Somehow, some way, I guess he found God or something, or somebody finally got through to him. But he changed his ways. He had to work hard for the people that he hurt in order for them to forgive him. But he was putting in the work. You know what I'm saying? Never complained about it. Like, yo, I deserve this. You're upset with me. You say I'm not, I'm always going to be this. I'm going to prove you wrong, but I get why you're saying that. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Fast forward to today. Now the man is uh, an awesome father, an awesome husband, and helps out at his church, he goes to the, the juvenile detention center, hell, even goes to like the prisons and jail to talk to the young people about like, yo, this ain't the road that you need to be going down. I was right where you was at. I did this, that, and the third, and I hurt people. I didn't even know that I was hurting them, but I was hurting them. I thought I was only hurting, you know, the enemy gang members and all of this other stuff. But I was being a detriment to myself, just not necessarily to myself, but everybody around me. All of this stuff. But had he been canceled, had he been given up on, nowhere. You know what I'm saying? And, like, that's the thing with this cancel culture is that you could do something 
10 years ago and it gets brought up and people still hold you to that like you're still the same person 10 years ago. People want you to apologize for something that you said 10 years ago. You could be, have been a teenager 10 years ago. You could have been 7, 8, 10 years old 10 years ago. And people still want to call you out on that and then they cancel you. And that, and that within itself is stupid because you don't really necessarily cancel anybody. The only way somebody gets really canceled is if they ask go to jail. Bill Cosby got canceled. Yes, he has his supporters, but his ass is in jail right now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because you got a portion of people who want to cancel somebody for whatever reason. They never supported the person in the first place, so they don't even count. They never had your support to begin with. Then you got some of the people who the supporters like, oh, I didn't know you were like this. Well, now my actions uh, are going to depend on whether, you know, you say you're sorry or not. And then you got people that are still going to ride like, oh, man, that's fucked up. But you know what? You still make some bomb ass music. A.K.A. R. Kelly. I don't like that man at all. I stopped listening to his music and everything. And I still have close friends and family members that will still play his music to this day because he got jams. Not denying that. The man has jams. But no, he will not get a coin out of my stream. I am sorry. Hey, that's back to what we were saying earlier. I mean, hey, we can't judge nobody for what they... What they choose to do, not to say him. <laughs> well, let's, let's clarify that. I'm talking about you. Right. If you don't want to make sure, if you don't want to uh, play his music and stuff like that, man, that's completely your prerogative. And for the people that do, that's their prerogative. Exactly. I personally never played a lot of R. Kelly in my life, so it, like I'm kind of hands off of the topic. <laughs> I'll just, like, just use this as an example, but yeah, like I just think cancel culture in general is not the good that it thinks that it's doing. I mean, because it's, it's no room for, like I said earlier, it's no, with cancel culture, there's no room for reconciliation. It's to hold somebody to a, to a standard that none of us can live up to. None of us are good. None of us don't have skeletons in the closet. None of us have never not done anything wrong in life. The, 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 the cleanest, sharpest guy has committed a crime somewhere, whether he tore a tag off his pillow that literally says <laughs> it's unlawful. Like, like everybody's done something. Like everybody's, that like everybody's hands ain't super clean. It's just, you know what I'm saying? That's, it's, it's just reconciliation should be something that should be bigger than, you know what I'm saying? What it is, but it's not like, I mean, to say it literally for what it is, is just a lot of people got hardened hearts. A lot of people think they're good people and really their hearts is hard. They're hateful. They don't, they don't love. They don't really know how. I used to be one of them people. So I definitely can identify and it's definitely relatable. But you know what I'm saying? I had an experience that changed me and some people haven't had theirs yet. So it's just what it is. Like, you, you can't change the world. We can only, what they say, we can only change you and the, per, well, the person in the mirror or whatever. And then that has an impact on the outside world as long as you start with you first. 
Like, that's all we can really do. Like, the only way to stop the cancel culture is to start a reconciliation culture. Like, people learn how to forgive. I mean, mm-hmm. I ain't say I ain't say you gotta forget what he did. I mean, keep and, your 16, 15, and, and, whatever, whatever and, they accused him of. Keep that age limit daughter away from R. Kelly if that's what you feel you need to do. But other than that, no, I'm just saying. I'm just using that as an example. I'm there? not saying. I know I'm using that as an example, but but I mean, allow. Uh, I mean, but I don't know. I don't know. I ain't got all the right answers. Let me start there. I ain't got all the right answers. I just, I just know like forgiveness is definitely needed because I know there was a point where I didn't live the best life and I needed forgiveness. Like, right? I don't know. Like, you know, I had my what's his what's that guy named from Seinfeld? Kramer. Kramer. Right. I had a Kramer moment. I said something that was could be looked at as oddly racist, and I didn't know. That it was, and I said it, and a lot of people looked at me sideways. Should I have been canceled? If I was famous, I probably would be. I'm a nobody, so don't nobody care. But you know what I'm saying? At that time, it could be looked at as like, oh, we don't mess with dude. But it was because, but people underestimate that people can be ignorant. People can be ignorant in the sense of not knowing or not understanding. And they don't allow for a lot of room for growth. But that comes from I hate to do this, our education system. Our education grades on a scale that assumes you knows everything that everybody else knows. And really, you just know a little more. What they say, some people can be uh, a social genius or a genius in understanding emotion. Not everybody's a genius at reading and mathematics. like, Or they in creativity and art, they're a genius. Or... Even in martial arts, they're a genius. Or in music, they're a genius. But they just not genius in these other areas. That's where they struggle. So in that, where you still get graded poorly for what you're not being able to do, you see that play out in our culture. Where a lot of people don't get a chance to show what they are good at or what what is their strength because they've been pushed on, a, oh, you're not good at math, you're not good at reading, you're not good at science, you're not good at reading comprehension. You don't, you don't have the cognitive thoughts like I have. So therefore you're stupid. And you know what I'm saying? It just, we, everybody gets an unfair shake. Like to a certain extent, some people get a better deal than others, but usually the whole gets an unfair shake. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it sucks. Cause like, like you said, like we all aren't perfect, you know, and cancel culture tries to hold us to a standard that's impossible to hold. Because uh, even for me, like, I'm all for supporting LGBTQ, right? That wasn't always the case. I remember being in high school, senior, not senior year, freshman, freshman year. Um, and I think that was like my first real experience with people that were gay. You know what I mean? Like, actually being in the same room with them. You know what I mean? After hearing everything from stuff on TV, from hearing stuff from classmates and stuff, like, I was ignorant. You know what I mean? Like, I just assumed that uh, a gay person was going to come up to me and try to, you know, 
hug up on me, kiss up on me, and stuff like that. Like, literally, my whole idea changed when we went on a field trip. And just through the circumstances, I had to sit next to him. And that was uncomfortable as shit. Because I had my friends laughing and was like, oh, you sitting next to the gay guy. And I'm just like, oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? I hope he don't say nothing to me. You said this high school? Yeah, this high yeah, school. Yeah, it sounded like high school. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I was like, yo, don't, I hope he don't say nothing to me. If he try to touch me, I'm going to hit him. All of this shit, right? You know what he did that whole fucking trip? Stop that talking to his friends. He paid me no mind. At all. He didn't want to say about you. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. He was like, oh, I got to sit next to him. Like, probably, like I'm saying, like, and like that, from that moment forward, that changed like my whole outlook, my whole thought process. But before then, I was joining in on the jokes about gay people and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Saying horrible shit. Like, I, that's what I was doing. And I didn't personally have any, you know, anger or whatnot against them and whatnot, but, like, you know, I, yeah, like, I, I had to learn, you know what I'm saying, and I would have never learned with cancel culture and stuff like that, it's ridiculous, you know what I mean, um, go ahead, no, so, I just want to say, so, is that, like, in, in everything that I heard, is that to say that you don't... So you grew up in this culture where homophobia is prevalent. Yeah. So, to do you think that had... That just the environment you grew in had that effect on you? Or was it... Or was it taught to you by others? You know what I'm saying? That you hung around. Is it influential... Like, what do you think it comes from? I think my homophobia at that time, at that time, uh, started from being influential just from the stuff on TV, uh, from me being around friends and peers that made fun of them. And not only that, just family. Cause I remember getting, uh, it was Fat Farm, and my dad had bought me a uh, a Fat Farm shirt. It was silver, and I think it was like silky or something like that. Some weird material. And I remember me coming home with it, and my uncle looking at it and saying, you shouldn't wear that. That's something that fags wear." And I didn't wear it because of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just assuming, like, oh, this shirt's gay. I'm not gay, so I'm not going to wear it. And I had to be seven, eight, some, some young age like that. And, you know, that that also stuck with me. Piled on top of, you know, being in school, listening to what people were saying. Hell, even some of the teachers was homophobic because they would make homophobic jokes. Be like, oh. You shouldn't be moving like that. You know what I'm saying? You, you move a little bit too fruity. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, bro, like, it, it, it was so. No, it just brought back memories, bro. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh it, because I remember hearing that stuff as a kid. And then you just, to just think like, 
you, they, that's the stuff that they was pushing on the kids. I'm like, don't be moving like that. It's a little too sweet. You be like, what? And, and as a kid, your mind can't process exactly. what they're saying to you. You know what I'm saying? Until exactly. you get older. And not only can you, like, not process it to its fullest degree, you can't come up with a reply good enough because your, your brain doesn't work to that kind of capacity. And not only that, it's just the fact that you hearing this from people that you know, that you love, that you care about. So you're like, oh, they know what they're talking about. And you don't question it. And you just go right along with it. You know what I mean? And that, that that's not right. You know? Back to my, like, like I said in the beginning, bro, I don't, I don't care what you do. I don't care what nobody does. Like, I try to mind my business as much as possible. But it's just, it's just, I remember all of this stuff about all childhood, bro. It's crazy. Like, when you have to sit back and look, like, after, after, what, what they call 20 years? Two decades? Is that what it is? Yes. Yeah, two decades. I don't know if they actually have a name for two decades. Yeah. But after 20 something years, bro, you just look back and you be like, wow. But I don't know. I just think the environment you come from definitely has a uh, a bit of influence on on a person while they're growing up. But then a person hits the age of what my mom taught me when I was young. It's called the age of accountability, where I I think it applies to like basically just the Christian background I was brought up on, which is age accountability, the age in which you're accountable for the choices you make and your eternal soul in comparison to that. But it also can transition to just your, you know, how you live in your environment and how you, how you carry yourself and where you feel like you're going. Cause I mean, it, that just makes sense to me because you can, anybody can change it. This is a kid that that's growing up right now. I got a mom for a drunk on drugs who would never do drugs. and want to even touch drugs the rest of his life based on what he's seen. But then there's another kid Unfortunately, who will see that and they'll want to grow up and they'll get into drugs because of what they've seen. So it, it's a, I feel like it's an age of accountability kind of thing. Cause just cause of what you're exposed to don't mean you have to, just cause you're exposed to something don't mean you have to adapt it. You right. choose to reject it. Sales reject bad sales all the time. And when they don't, it goes into some kind of sickness or virus or disease or whatever. But sales in itself and you made up of what? trillions of them and people can choose to reject the thing or accept the thing and adopt it into itself into themselves so i think yeah personally i just think where you grow up in the environment you grow up in doesn't necessarily have to have a lasting effect on the person you'll be or the legacy we'll leave behind when you leave this place i think that's something everybody should take into account well said so let me ask you this question, right? So, do you feel with how, with everything that you have learned and experienced and the person that you are today, right? Mm -hmm. Are you the person who you needed in your life when you were younger? Well, I'm the person that I should have... <laughs> Like I didn't, I, no, 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 not at all. Am I the person I 
thought I would become? No. But that's only in a negative sense. Am I a little bit better than the person that I wanted to become? Yes. Am I the person that I needed? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know. Because I don't know how that me would have even turned out. He'd probably been a little bastard. He's a little bastard already. Like, do you know when I was a kid, right? I got into so many fights, I lost count. And it took for me to, like, have a conversation with somebody and go over all these stories to, like, recount all the fights that I had. And when I figured that out, I went to my mom and I apologized. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Mom, you know what? I really did give you a hard time as a kid. And she was like, oh, what made you, what, what made you realize that? I was like, look, just, that's just what it is. But would I have needed a me back then? No, I probably would have encouraged me to keep fighting. I'd have been like, yeah, you should do it. And you should get started in the boxing a little bit early. So you can like, yeah, so you can at least have a shot at, you know, the Olympics or becoming champion or something like that. But I would have told me like probably not get into boxing so late. But maybe that would have deterred me from a, uh, the destructive path I had started to take with my life. So I, I don't think I'm the person I needed. Do I want to eventually become the person that I need? Yeah. That I needed. Cause then that means that's a good person who's mentally, emotionally, morally healthy. And that's something that I can give to my kids in order to, you know, you can do it as you're growing, like the process I'm in now, but right. that finished product gotta be something awesome. I don't know. I just think it, it would have to be something awesome. What about you? Do you, are you the person who wants that you needed as a kid? I want to say yes. And the reason why I said yes is because what I needed when I was younger was confidence. Uh, reassurance. Um, I didn't get a lot of that. I didn't have any confidence. Because I was basically pigeonholed once I was tall into just being a basketball player, right? So for all of my youth up until senior year in high school, I thought that my path was going to be basketball. And it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do. It was what I thought others expected me to do. Now, I'm not going to lie. I had fun playing basketball. I did. But I never had the passion for it. Right? And I got called out on that a lot from the other guys that did have passion for it. You know, they would tell me, like, oh, you ain't got no heart. You giving up. You quitting. You doing this and that and a third. And I used to resent them for that. But in honesty, they was giving me the real. They was giving me what what I needed to hear. I didn't want to hear that, but if they wouldn't have never said that, I would have went on and forced myself to go to practice and do all these things, which I did not have any type of joy of doing. Um, 
but outside of that, like, yeah, I just, I, I needed confidence. I needed reassurance. Like I needed confidence. Somebody to tell me like, yo, you're enough. You know what I'm saying? Like I needed somebody to sit there and tell me like, yo, I get it. Like people are treating you like you're an alien because you're tall. Uh, you know, girls not feeling you and all of this other stuff. You're not uh, as, uh, academically gifted as other people in your class. Don't worry about that. Like you getting good grades. Do you have the best grades? No. Could you be getting the best grades? Absolutely. You could be, but don't sell yourself short. You know what I'm saying? Like I felt like I, right now I could give myself a motivational speech that would help myself. And then on the reassurance side, it's just reassuring me that life isn't just this. Life isn't just school. You know what I'm saying? Like, because that's another thing too. It's like when we're young, it's instilled in us that we have to go and go to high school. We have to graduate from college. We have to, you know, get a good job. We have to, uh, have this nice job that pays for stuff, get married, have kids, white picket fence, white house, all this other stuff. Like that's, those are the ideals that they instill in us. And as somebody who thought that they had to play basketball, that was on my mind. That was eating me up inside. I was like, how am I going to be providing for my family? How am I going to be successful? Mm. Like all of that shit hurt. Like, especially once I found, well, not when I found out, but once I decided that I'm not going to be playing basketball anymore. Then I had to sit up there and ask myself, like, what the hell am I going to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, I had to sit up there, like, what am I good at? Like, what, 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 like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what role do I take? Not knowing that there's a bunch of roles to being successful. It's not just what was told to me. Hell, like, I was in school, nobody, no teacher told me that all four of your years in high school, your grades get averaged out less and like in your senior year, that's what like your GPA is. Nobody told me that. You know what I thought? I thought that when you sat there and you went through the years, like you got a GPA, you got four GPAs, right? But the only one that mattered was well, senior year. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm sitting up here doing my best senior year to get the good grades, trying to, you know, get a 4.0 GPA or somewhere damn near close to that. And I did decent to good on my damn ACT. So I thought I was good. And then people said, I'm like, oh, no, your GPA is like all four years. And then I go back and I look at my freshman, sophomore and junior year grades. I'm just like, oh, it could have been worse than mine, though. Well, I failed five classes my first semester of my first year. What was your GPA? At the time. end. That's a great question. I uh, still I still know mine. It was probably like a two point six or something like that, close to a three point oh. But oh, not word. exactly it. Word, I had a two point three. That's only two points out of nine. Son. Son. Mine was a two point three, right? Yeah. And it's like I couldn't get into any college with that. Well, Even though academic probation, yeah, 
And then on top of that, it was just like me looking at the prices, how much it was going to be costing the semester. And then, you know, counselors like, oh, you can get a grant. You can get scholarships. Did you ever get one? No. Boy, I didn't get nothing. And Mr. Harden had me down there in that room filling out uh, a scholarship and I ain't get one. I was so mad. See, I got into I got into some good colleges, but I just would have had to pay out of pocket. Son, I was sitting there and I was looking at all of the scholarships that I could apply to, and I was looking at it, and I'm just like, "So what you're telling me is I can only pay for a quarter of what I'm supposed to pay for a semester with these scholarships? Because most scholarships was like two hundred, three hundred. Some, some were like a thousand, but it's just like, if your damn college tuition for a semester is 30 grand, not even accounting for, you know, your room and board and all that other stuff, it's just like, what the fuck? Like, literally, like, what the fuck is this? You know what I'm saying? And then, like I said, like, it goes back to me thinking about what the hell am I going to do? I'm not going to do basketball because I thought about shit like, yo, if I play basketball, I could have a fucking scholarship. And that would have been all taken care of. But that was another thing on my mental psyche and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So going back to what I was saying originally with your question is like, yeah, like I feel like I am the person who I needed back then. You know, I could have gave myself a pep talk. Now, would it would have stuck? Would it would have worked? I don't know. Because you got to understand, like at the same time, like you're a teenager, you're a kid, like peer pressure and all that other stuff is way more easier to get put into than, than an adult. I mean, if you saying like in the hypothetical that time travel is real, I'm almost one thousand percent sure if I can go back in time and warn myself, like see myself warn myself, I would scare him enough to where he'd listen to me. Like, cause he, cause the younger me would freak out seeing time travel. Now, 15, 16, 17, 18, year old me, probably not. Probably not. Not even in the least bit. I see myself and I'll be like, probably high. Like, I, like, I don't know. Like, like, that guy probably high. I'm high, bro. I'm stupid. I ain't never seen myself like that. Like, that age, me? Yeah. At what age, if you could go back and tell yourself stuff, what age would you go back to? Man, that's a strong question. What age? What age? Hmm. Man, you got me, you got me stuck with that much. So let me, so let me answer this for myself, right? Why you still thinking about that? I will go back to the summer before fourth grade. That's oddly all, specific. Like, all, okay. I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get to it, right? So every year before that, when the summer hit, I used to spend some time during the summer preparing myself for the next grade. So I would go over and like read some books or, do some math problems and stuff, whatnot, to get me ready for the next grade. I did this on my own, right? Well, I, well, my mom money, obviously, but I like was telling her, like, yo, this is what I'm going to do. So for the summer going to the fourth grade, I was like, yeah, I don't want to do nothing but just chill for summer. And you know what that did? That cost me. Because you want to know what fourth grade brought with it? Multiplication and division. That was my downfall into hating math. And passively, that bled over into me not liking school 
that much. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I was good in reading and writing, obviously. Duh. Like, those were, like, my strongest areas, right? Then you had science and math. Science was never what we learned and what we tested on. They were never the same thing. The state test came, and you looked at the science problems, and they were all word problems, right? But they didn't ask any real math from you. They just asked, they were like problem-solving things. And it's just like, what the hell? I didn't learn any of this all year round, right? But for the math, oh, the math, oh, the math was terrible. Like, I remember taking, like, the state test and skipping through the fucking math problems. The math portion. All the time. Like, I would sit there and make, like, a pattern, and sometimes I would change it up. Okay. You know what I'm saying? What's up? Like, I have my ACT thing sitting up there. I think in math, I probably got maybe, like, an 11 or a 12 or something like that. And I guessed my way through that. Look, man, how I got an 18 on that ACT and I did the same thing in my math and science course, I have no idea. I wish I would have cheated off you. That way I could have gotten <laughs> a higher score. Because my overall, my overall ACT score was a 20. And at that time, I believe Illinois' uh, average was like from an 11 to 13. One of those. 11, 12, or 13. It was one of those. So I was proud of that. You know where they mess up at? They tell us we gonna get to go home as soon as we pass, as soon as we finish that task. Right. That's their biggest mess up, and that's why our scores be so low. I hate to put the younger generation in a bind, but I'm just gonna tell the truth. When they say as soon as you finish that test, you can go home, it don't matter what time it is. I paid attention in the writing comprehension. Oh, I mean the reading comprehension, the writing portion. I have cared about the science portion, and I didn't care at all about the math. Literally had, I didn't, I literally, unless I saw a question I knew I could answer, I just didn't care. Like anything oh, you gave, that was, oh, oh, you gave it that much respect. Like, yeah, to to a certain degree. Like if it was, uh, if it was insanely easy, I wasn't gonna miss those easy points. Sorry, like I literally was like, word. If I gotta think, like, okay, okay, x minus y equals ten. Solve for x. That was too much for me. Not because I didn't know it, because I just didn't care enough to go through the process to try to solve. Because I knew. If I hurry up and zoom through this and zoom through the next part of this test, I'm going home at 12.30 instead of having to wait till 3 o'clock. So that's what I was on. That's the kind of time I was on. And what's crazy, I got a 21 on my practice test because I actually sat down and focused when I took the practice test. But they hit me with that, you can go home as soon as you're done. Oh, I'm trying to go be outside. I ain't trying to be here this whole time. So, I, so I'm trying to remember. So the ACT didn't have the same rules as like the ISAT, where you mm. could only open a certain portion. Like you had 40 minutes to do each portion of the test. So if you was doing the reading part, 
you can only do the reading part until the 40 minutes is up. And then once 40 minutes is up, then you can proceed to the next portion. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I remembering that wrong? Because I could have sworn HT was just like that too. You asking somebody who will forget his wallet and keys on the way out the door. And then look for his phone that's already in his pocket, bro. I don't, I don't know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So, no, before we go. So, yeah. What age would you go back to? Ooh, yeah. Right, 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 right. Um, mm, I don't know. Probably, probably, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to say this story is real quick, but it shows just like what time, type of time I was on. I would go back to junior, somewhat of junior year me. Right. And the reason why is because the summer of my junior year, I took the bridge program, which is a program that lets you take a college course to get college credits before you go into your senior year. So Mr. Harden, shout outs to him because he, he had a lot of faith in me. Uh, even though my school. <laughs> but he he signed me up for that. He's like, I know you. I know you're gonna pass. Let's go do it. So I go do it. I take criminal justice for the for the summer. I get my I get a B in the class. Get my credits. So they when I got back to school, I had transferred, went to Marshall for like a semester, and I had came back to Harper. So they was like, um. They was like, look, you got too many credits. They was like, so you can do one or two things. You can either go to night school, get the credit for the one class you missed, and just go to go to college in the mornings, and then just come here for night school until you earn your credit, and that way you'll already have a foothold in college already, and you'll be able to, you know what I'm saying, just go on straight through. So you'll have a leg up. He's like, or... You can go and just, I don't know, just just come back here for the next four months. If he would have never presented me with that second option, I would have caught young men. I'd have been like, yo, don't be stupid. I know you miss your friends. I know you want to hang out with them. I know you ain't seen them. I know you want to catch up. But your future could be a lot brighter if you just take the better route. Don't be selfish. Don't think of, don't look for the instant gratification. Just, just go ahead. Go to community college for a couple months. Get a, get a semester or two under your belt. Go to night school, pass. And when you get out and you trying to go into college and they see you got college credit, that'll give you a broader opportunity, a better opportunity at college. Um, yes. I know. No, I hate the fact that you were able, they were able to catch you and say you had too many credits. I graduated with like 38 credits. How they did not catch any of that is beyond me. How many classes did you need to pass? Like how many how, like, what was the classes you needed to pass? Because mine was only one. I think I needed two classes to pass. Mine was only one. But my whole thing was, they could have put me senior year in those two classes, and I would have been good. But instead, I had to go, and I was at 
our mutual friend's house. Because mm-hmm. I was living in the hundreds back then. Right. I remember. But our mutual friend stayed right across the street. So I had to sleep on the floor for a week or about a month or two. Going to freaking night school. Not even night school. Just going in after school to do stuff online. And that was about, I think that was for like math classes. I think one was like a math class and then one was some other type of class. But I had to do it. And it was annoying as hell. On top of all of that, right? Mm-hmm. On top of all of that. Then I had to sit there because one of the, the, the counselors or whatnot, he knew that this computer stuff and like, you know, he knew that I knew what I was doing. So I wouldn't be dragging my feet. He's light skinned. He's one of the new ones. He was like, he got, he got there after y'all left. Uh-oh. After y'all graduated stuff, right? right? So he was paying me to do the classes for some of the other kids who he knew for damn sure was going to fail. Why are you just saying that illegal business? Son, I was a minor. I don't give a damn. That ain't money. I don't care. Okay? They gonna do? Come to me and, and revoke my damn? <laughs> no, son. <laughs> no. What if that guy principal or something? <laughs> I, that sound, look, it sucks to suck. Hey, he's like, hey, man, hey. I don't care. I'm gonna give you this 20. Take this, take this literature test, man. Son, <laughs> that's exactly how it went. He was like, hey, man, like, you, you're real good at this. You know what I'm saying? You know, I could pay you like 20, 50 dollars. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead and finish this class. Why, why couldn't I find little people like that? So, so he gave me that, and I was just like, all right. And the crazy part about this was, one of the classes that I had to do for this guy was a math class. <laughs> and I'm just looking like, so, you paying me $50 to take a math class for this dude that you know is going to fail, but you also know that I hate math. Word? Mm-hmm. Cool. So I did that or whatnot. He wound up fucking leaving before I even finished my class or whatnot. So he was only there for like a couple months. Right. They probably found out he was slipping you. Probably. <laughs> probably so. Probably so. But anyway... We are at what? 86 and a half minutes now? Uh, that's what? An hour and 20? Almost an hour and 30. So, we're going to call that for here. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Darius, for coming out. I appreciate you. On the podcast. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Like I said, next week will be the season slash series finale of the Riding Sorrows podcast. This is just something that we're doing. Uh, you know. Just chilling, hanging out, because I really honestly don't have any stories left as far as the poetry thing goes, uh, writing style for me. Next week, I'm hoping to have another guest and close out the season strong, so we're looking forward to that. We're also getting steadily, steadily closer to adjusting the securities, man. Uh, with that... I want y'all to be cool, be smooth, go out there and vote. Don't care who the hell you vote for, just be out there and vote, use your vote. Your voice matters. Uh, be safe, be cool, wear a mask. 
Love.